This time, on episode 388 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk Marvel's What If, season one, episode two, What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord, we talk weekly Marvel news, and we talk your feedback. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Consultant Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, August 19th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast universe-wide, because there's a lot of universe to see, via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Hey gang, happy National Aviation Day. This seems like a holiday right up your alley. Oh, it is indeed. And the reason why it's August 19th every year is that is Orbel Wright's birthday, August 19th. But what about his brother? Is he not good enough for a day? No. No, okay. it's Orbel. It's Orbel. And, you know, they're from Dayton, Ohio. They had their first flight in North Carolina. We'll always give North Carolina their due there, but they did all of their early work in Dayton, Ohio or around Dayton, Ohio. So they have their house is historical workshop in Dayton, Ohio, as well as the Hoffman Prairie Flight Field is just outside of Dayton, Ohio. It's actually at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, right up my alley. I'm as we are looking at going back to the moon and Mars, there has been a bunch of Wright Flyer pieces that have gone up on the spacecraft as well, just like they did back with Apollo. So it's really neat to have the uh, first helicopter on Mars have a piece of the Wright Flyer. It's really neat to have the Wright Flyer going up with space tourism, like with Blue Origin and stuff like that. So yeah, this is the day though. This is National Aviation Day. So if you like airplanes, if you like air travel, if you like going to point A from point A to point B faster than you can drive or boat or swim or what run or whatever, then this is your day. So kind of a sad fun fact about me and airplanes. For my 15th birthday, I was going to get to go up in a fighter jet. Oh yeah. And then September 11th happened, so I didn't get to do that. Oh. Yeah, they cut down on they called them incentive rides. They cut down on incentive rides after 9-11. And also there were some accidents that occurred about the same time that they cut back from that reason as well. So anyway, sorry you didn't get your ride in a fighter jet. Yeah, I'm very sorry. And I feel like if somebody starts a story with one time on my birthday, it's either going to be really happy or really sad. And there's no in between. <laughs> Did you have a nice birthday another year, though? I did have a, a good birthday. I had a good birthday that year, too. I just wasn't up in a fighter jet for yeah, it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. You probably would have puked, too, by the way, because they oh, love making fine. people puke. Okay. That is totally Just fine. let you know. Okay. All right. So let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. 
because of being T'Challa's best friend. If you'd like to talk to us about being friends with a superhero, you can hit us on our website, legendsofshield.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You want to talk about being best friends with Chadwick Boseman, which I know he had some out there. I am not one of them. I would have loved to have been one. It's our Facebook page. You can leave us a message there at Legends of Shield Podcast. You can text us your favorite Chadwick Boseman gifts on Twitter at Legends of Shield. If you want to leave us a message about anything Black Panther related, you can catch us on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geek. You can also tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. You can join our Discord server and talk to us all about everything Marvel related at geek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. It's nice to have you back, Lauren. It's nice to be back, and I apologize to everyone for my voice. I was at a wrestling show yesterday, and I get really involved when I watch live sports. So, in an uncharacteristic episode, you might not be hearing a lot of from Lauren to this week, but uh, we'll try to compensate. And we still have Chris back from Play Comics. He is sliding into Michelle's seat, at least as she is on sabbatical. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. It's always nice to come by, talk about the craziness of the Marvel Universe. And with this one, the tear-jerking, probably last time we'll hear Chadwick Boseman. Maybe not so much. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I was watching this going, man, this is the last time. Ugh. I was watching this on the bus back to my home from where I was visiting. And uh, yeah, I was just there like trying not to ugly cry on the bus. Yeah, so we'll get into it in a second. But Chris, thank you very much for joining us. And if anybody wants to hear you on your podcast, it is Play Comics. And you can get that at playcomics.com. Is that correct? That's right. Playcomics.com has links to all the social media stuff. But really, go to playcomics.com. That's the easiest thing because then you can just click a link. You don't have to worry about having to spell things weird on Twitter. That's right. And Playcomics is a member of the GetAGeek.com network. So with that, we're going to get on with our discussion of what if. What if season one, episode two, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Premiered on Disney Plus Wednesday August 18th, 2021. That was yesterday as we're recording this. And IMDb's description is the rough and tumble space pirates known as the Ravagers abduct T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. And honestly, I could see this mistake happening. Especially given, like they said in the episode, the location of Wakanda, where there's all that vibranium. And we know that the vibranium in the MCU is pretty much all from a meteorite. So yeah, it's an off-world signature. Yeah, so his signature was off the charts that got him in. But I like to think his signature was off the charts because of his personality too. And then he might be powered by the universe, but that's a discussion for later. With or without special alien powers or whatever, we definitely see T'Challa's superpower this episode. Right. So the director of this episode, by the way, we go over the creative team every episode. The series was directed by Brian Andrews. We talked about him last time. He has three directing credits starting in 1999, including three episodes of Men in Black, the series, five episodes of Jackie Chan Adventures, and one episode 
of what if actually it's all nine episodes of what if it was just one episode when i wrote it last week but it's now two episodes and it's going to be all nine episodes he's also a storyboard artist with 41 credits and a writer with nine total credits the head writer for all of these episodes is ac bradley also the showrunner and creator of this what if season one probably season two as well he has five writing credits starting in 2005, including one episode of Arrow, which Michelle and I discussed during Starling Tribune's run, 28 episodes of Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia, and 38 episodes of Three Below, Tales of Arcadia, and of course, nine episodes of What If. This episode, though, is directly attributable to not only the story editor, but the writer of the episode, Matthew Chauncey. Who has two writer credits starting in 2018, including 16 episodes of Three Below Tales of Arcadia and nine episodes of What If, including a singular writing credit for this episode and a story editor for all nine episodes. So that's the creative team. I saw some, a lot of thanks to Matthew Chauncey, by the way, on social media, people just saying, thank you, Matthew, for doing a great job here. And a lot of it is, is the writer here. We've alluded to it already. This is literally the last credit that Chadwick Boseman is going to have. It's the last role that he had that he is coming out. It is a voiceover role, obviously, because this is an animated series. But I think that makes it all the more special because Chadwick Boseman, and we did talk about Chadwick quite at length a few months ago. So we can be a little cathartic and talk a little bit more about it now. I'm going to go over some of the voiceover cast for this episode. We talked about Jeffrey Wright last episode. He didn't have too much. I think he actually had less lines in this particular episode than he did in the previous episode. But for those that don't know, he's playing the Watcher. You might know him from Westworld, The Hunger Games, and some of the recent James Bond films. Chadwick Boseman, he played Black Panther in the MCU He is credited for, if you take a look at IMDb, he's credited for four total episodes here of What If. So we might have three other chances of seeing him on screen. We'll see. Some of his previous credits include Lincoln Heights, 42 Marshall, and Get On Up. He was definitely a figure, not only in Hollywood, but in everybody's lives when he was with us. And it's great that he has all these roles that he can continue to share with us. Karen Gillan, who Chris mentioned, the first thing that he saw Karen Gillan in was Selfie. Maybe not the best, most critically acclaimed thing in the entire world, but I enjoyed it. And I'm still going to wish we could hear the Scottish accent every time we hear her talk. <laughs> Have y'all seen Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix? No, not yet. She's in it. She's fantastic. It also has an amazing cast. Michelle Yeoh, Carla Giungino. Lena Headey, just I highly if you like John Wick and you want it to be that but goofier and with women, I really recommend it. I had a blast Sold. watching it. Yeah, so you, you don't have to say anymore. Anyway, Karen Gillan played Nebula in the MCU. She also was really known to most people, especially in the genre through Doctor Who. She played Amy Pond on Doctor Who and I took a look how many actual episode credits she had. She only had 36 episode credits of Doctor Who, but you got to remember that's over like three or four or possibly five years. I didn't catch the dates there. So she was well known and loved for that role. She's also been in the Jumanji series, the last two Jumanji movies that have come out. And those are hilarious. If you haven't seen them yet and you just want a fun movie, 
both Jumanjis are pretty cool. And then, of course, a beloved here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., Michael Rooker. And we have uh, in our feed a panel that Michael did with Sean Gunn. And Michael needs some rainy. Michael needs some handholding when he's out there in panels. And Sean's like the perfect handholder for him. You might know him from his roles in Above the Law, Eight Men Out, Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise. Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone, Tombstone, Mallrats, Tremors, of course, The Walking Dead, and the new Fast Saga, the F9, he was in there. He played Yondu in the MCU and reprised that role here. And Lauren, you're going to have to help me here because... I figured I would. This is Jaman Hansu, who plays Korath, who you might recognize from Stargate Gladiator. Kind of his breakout role was Amistad, which he's amazing in. Also been in Constantine, Aragon, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Aquaman, Serenity. Serenity? Yeah, oh, he was in no, Serenity. Different Serenity. The one with the really weird plot twist. I was okay. wondering if somebody was going to catch that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, Shazam and the 2019 Charlie's Angels. Oh, and A Quiet Place 2, which I have not seen yet. He was also in the new Laurel Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, and Constantine. He didn't say that before. John Connie, he reprised his role as Chachaka. Chachaka. He was in The Lion King, voicing over in 2019, that one. Yep. He voiced Rafiki there. Chris, do you want to take this next one? I feel like you should take this next one. I don't know why, but I feel like you should. Well, of course, for Thanos, we have Josh Brolin. You probably know him from The Goonies, Mod Squad, No Country for Old Men, Jonah Hex, True Grit, W, Men in Black 3, Dune. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Because I have a Dune tattoo. And he will be playing Gurney Halleck in just a couple of months. Well, I mean, he's already played him, but we'll see him. Right. He also played in Deadpool 2. It was, yeah, Josh, he, I watched Goonies. It came up on another podcast that I was on. So I watched Goonies just a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago or something like that. I actually had to hunt and peck and find the film. It was done by the same producer director of Superman, Michael Donner. Richard Donner. Richard, excuse me, Richard Donner. And it was on a lot of the streaming services. They just let it go for like a couple months. And then I wanted to watch it the weekend that they were coming off of it. Mm -hmm. So like Saturday, I started watching it and then Sunday, I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. I had to hunt and peck and I had to go find the Goonies and I did pay for it, by the way. I I don't remember where I found it, but I did pay for it. And I don't regret paying for it because it's such an iconic movie, but I don't think I'll be going back and watching it too often just because the film style doesn't hold up. It's a great, it was great for a kid adventure movie back when it was made, but just the film style doesn't hold up. Like if you want to compare and contrast the Goonies between Jumanji, there is a huge difference between the two. And yes, I know Jumanji was with adult actors, but you get my you guys get my drift that it was a different type yeah there's a lot you can say about the way that filmmaking particularly blockbuster filmmaking has changed in the past 40 years i mean just the acting 
you could tell the kids that were told to act in different ways. And you're like, Oh, I, I remember that was big effect, like in the eighties of how you're supposed to act. And it just, it doesn't play well on camera anymore. Yeah. That's another, one of my favorite things going, we've been going back and watching deep space nine. And I have been watching just kind of on and off original Trek. And I have this real love of the really stilted 1960s, 1970s genre film acting because so many of the people in it were from theater backgrounds where you're supposed to be big and caricature, but at the same time, very still. It's interesting. It's it's very much a broader acting style than what we have, which is now a lot is done with subtlety and micro expressions and uh, making everything more naturalistic, which is not, again, a criticism. It's just, it's very different, and I love comparing them. Yeah, it was definitely a good comparison. And The Goonies is really where a lot of people begin to see Josh Brolin. He had other acting things in his IMDb, but that's the biggest thing that comes out. The next one we're going to talk about is The Collector. The Collector was reprised by Benicia Del Toro. Did I say that name right? You did. Amazing. Wow. (laughs) You might know him from his roles in Sin City and Star Wars The Last Jedi. That was kind of the big one that was recent. I think he did a great... I wasn't a big collector fan during Guardians of the Galaxy. This one, I got into it and I had fun with the character and it made it better for me. How can you bring up Benicio Del Toro without bringing up the usual suspects? Because I knew you would. (laughs) I think that was the maybe first time I saw him. The next one is... Honestly, a favorite of mine. And I didn't realize how big a favorite of mine it was until I started going through his IMDb. Kurt Russell, he just had a minor screenshot as ego here. But let's go through just some of his IMDb, right? Used cars. That's like the first thing on his IMDb credits that I could identify as Kurt Russell. He had other (laughs) acting credits, including. You didn't recognize him in the computer or tennis shoes? Where he looks exactly like Kurt Russell, but smaller. <laughs> I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. He was in the original Lost in Space series. Yep. You have him here as uh, in The Fox and the Hound, in which he's the voice of Young Copper. Yes, he was a voiceover. So he's done voiceover before. He was a Disney kid, is yeah. the whole thing that people forget. He was a child actor. He was a Disney child. Yep. And he was also in The Thing. The big one that I remember watching for the first time was Big Trouble in Little China. Love that. I mean, it's a, it's a, also a period film that we were talking about before with the Goonies, but it's just fun to watch. Overboard, Tango and Cash, Backdraft, Tombstone. I didn't realize he voiced Elvis in Forrest Gump. Did you guys know that? Yes, because he does a lot of Elvis impersonations. In fact, you have a movie later on this list, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, where the whole thing is there. He's an Elvis impersonator. Stargate, exa- like movie Stargate. He played the Colonel. The there. original Jack O'Neill, the one with one L and no sense of humor. <laughs> Executive decision, escape from LA soldier, which I believe was the first podcast that I did outside of the other first podcast that I did. So soldier was one of my favorite movies as a kid. <laughs> I think that really started off my whole I love stories that explore like, oh, this is a, you know, somebody who's learning how to be a person. Vanilla Sky, Miracle, which I think before The Martian was probably my number one movie. Miracle was. 
and I had Herb Brooks as a summer hockey coach, by the way, when I was growing up in Minnesota and Kurt Russell played a perfect Herb Brooks. It was great. Sky High, Poseidon, Deepwater Horizon, Poseidon, Poseidon, excuse me, Deepwater Horizon. And then he is now in the Fast and the Furious saga with Furious 7, the Fate and the Furious and F9, the Fast saga. Chris, you haven't said a thing here. What's your favorite Kurt Russell movie? You ready for a big surprise? Yes. I don't think I've seen many. Ah. I'm so weird with what I've seen. Like, I mean, I know I've seen Vanilla Sky. I'd probably have to go Baracle because that is just such a wonderful movie. And I love the way that they mixed in the actual real life footage with the movie part that they filmed for it. Yeah. Especially like Jimmy, the one, the iconic moment that really stood out to me was Jimmy Carter was giving the speech and was coming over the radio as they were driving around. So you don't really see Jimmy Carter, but you hear his speech. And it just took me right back to that time because I was alive back then and I was playing hockey back then. So you have not seen Big Trouble in Little China? I have only 34. There's a lot of things that I have to see. You have extra time on me to watch these things. Just, I will recommend make the time for this one. It is fun. You can see the inspiration for a lot of stuff that's come out in the past 20 years in it because it's like everybody who saw it was like, oh, that's fun. One thing, Kurt Russell is not the main character of Big Trouble in Little China. Everyone Hmm. remembers him, but he's the sidekick. Yeah, he is the sidekick in there. Yeah, it's a fun movie, though, Chris. Uh, Sean Gunn, who a lot of people know from Gilmore Girls, he's (laughs) Peter Gunn's brother, of course. He was in Pearl Harbor, which I didn't know. Yes, dear Gilmore Girls in the Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad, by the way, which, spoiler, was done by his brother. So there you go. Yes, it was. He shows up as two characters in Suicide Squad. You can, I won't spoil. Okay. Uh, Chris <laughs> Sullivan reprised his role as Taserface, and he is a big character, I guess. I haven't seen it, though, in This Is Us. I have not watched This Is Us, but if anybody has seen The Nick, the series with Clive Owen, he plays like an ambulance, like proto-ambulance driver. It's a really, really interesting show. The next one is Seth Green. Chris, are you a Seth Green fan? I don't know if I would say I'm a fan. Like, I enjoy it when he pops up in things, but I don't go seek him out. So... A lot of people might not recognize his voice in this particular one because he's done a lot of voiceover stuff in his normal voice and you might not recognize. He did reprise his role, I will say, as Howard the Duck in here. You might know him from Can't Hardly Wait. He was in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. He was in all three Austin Powers movies. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is probably the biggest thing. That was probably his, his genesis there. He was also in The Italian Job, which I forgot about. Now I have to watch The Italian Job because it's an excellent movie, and I haven't seen that heist movie in a long time, but it's amazing. He is huge, of course, in all of the robot chicken stuff. He was in Star Wars The Clone Wars. He did some voiceover acting there. A lot of people, a ton of people that have played Mass Effect know Seth Green's voice because of his voiceover in Mass Effect. Yep, he plays Joker. Yes, And he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Now, for the rest, Lauren, do you have a favorite here that you want to talk about for the rest? Oh, okay. Well, the short of it is that everyone but Chris Pratt, 
and Dave Bautista reprised their roles like everyone I looked up I was looking at IMDb while I was watching I was like oh my god they actually did get this person but my favorite would have to be Fred Tadasior who is Fred Tadasior you may ask well in this he plays Corvus Glaive and Drax he has 826 acting credits mostly video games because he's got that you know really good gruff voice and he's really really good at creature noises He's been in Star Tours, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Cleveland Show, Kung Fu Panda, The 2012 Thundercats, which was a fantastic show, Tron Uprising, Frozen, Gravity Falls, Force Awakens, Star Wars Force Awakens, Star Wars Rebels, Archer, Tangled, the list goes on and on and on. What popped into my head of his roles while I was listening to this is Soldier 76 from Overwatch, because both Corvus Glaive and his interpretation of Drax are both very Soldier 76. There is several actors here that are tagged with additional voices. And if you take a look at all of their IMDb credits, there is some that have some amazing IMDb listings, the filmographies. Deborah Wilson is one. She's in Scary Movie 4, Over the Hedge, Avatar, and The Rise of Skywalker. She used to be on Mad TV. Now she mostly does voice work and she is amazing. If you've ever played a Blizzard game, she gets a lot of work there. And um, yeah, cartoons, just you name it. She's fantastic. There was just a wealth of voiceover talent specifically for this episode. We're going to continue to go down this path as we talk about future episodes. But because of the tremendous voiceover talent, that's why we're going over all of these as much as we are in these episodes. Let's get to the episode highlights right now. And something that we talked about last time, and I want to clarify, is the Marvel pre-roll for this what-ifs. So it's kind of your standard Marvel pre-roll that was before Endgame, and then it fades into kind of a comic book texture at the end. What we talked about last time is the last Loki pre-roll was different. It was different from everything. Not only did you get the fade to green, Chris, remember we talked about this, the fade to green in that episode, but during the pre-roll, you had a bunch of iconic statements, voiceovers, which that is different from just about every single Marvel pre-roll out there. So we've gone from that back to a more standard Marvel pre-roll with what if, and it's playing with my head. All the differences are in there because WandaVision was different. I think we got a pretty much standard one with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But then Loki, we had something different and it left the Marvel Cinematic Universe because this is all Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point on Disney+. Plus. It left it in a state where it was just weird, which was perfect for What If to pick up. And then What If just goes back to the standard one. So I'm a little bit, I don't know, maybe I'm putting too much stock into it, but it's throwing me for a loop when I'm watching that pre-roll after watching the pre-roll to low-key episode six. Well, I feel like that one in particular was done the way it is because every line that was spoken in that pre-roll, it's kind of a, you know, little breadcrumbs on the timeline of the sacred timeline. This is the reality that we know. This is the one we've experienced. and. That is reminding us of all of that. And that allows the show to be like, okay, you know, that is all still there, but more is out there now. 
Whereas I like when they change up, you know, pre-rolls and production logos and things like that. DreamWorks is notorious for doing it with the little kids sitting on the moon and they'll change it and everything. But there's not really, because as far as we know, none of these stories are getting followed up on. There's not really a reason. We did hear that they are going to follow up on episode one. Episode one is going to transition to the next season as another episode. Although the way this ended, it sounded like they were going to tie this one in, but I don't know if it was a direct correlation. That gets back to the fact that Chadwick Boseman is credited for four episodes as well. So I don't know how tied in they all are, but it's all what if. Now, Lauren, I know you read the comics. Chris, you've read comics as well. How tied in are the what if comics, Chris? Not usually a lot at all. Like You might have something that kind of follows up every once in a while, but for the most part, you get your story, you're done. Yeah, occasionally you'll pop up into like a different reality where it's like, hey, you remember this episode of or this issue of What If? Uh, this is now, you know, Marvel Universe insert number here. But for the, well, it, with the exception of like Marvel Zombies, Marvel Zombies was its own very long running thing, but I don't think it started as a What If? I don't remember on that one at all. It's, yeah, it's been so long. I know. Um, I know they recently finished up a five-part Spider-Man what-if story, which, you know, on top of, hey, you get five issues of Spider-Man, that's cool. This is the first time they've gone that long having a what-if story that's actually made to be that long. Now, Chris, you had a very relevant question that you wanted to start the discussion off with, and I think it's time. I think we need to ask the question. So what was it? Yeah, I think we're all ready for this. How far into the show did y'all get before the tears came out? <laughs> like, pretty much the second that you see the Star-Lord mask drop and it's him and he starts talking and it's like, oh god, this is why I haven't been able to rewatch Black Panther yet. It's just, it's very raw. Now, I wouldn't say I teared up, but I did get misty when at Morag, then Barath came in and then they were starting the oh start that whole thing i was like oh my gosh because that just meant that chadwick boseman was special no matter what he did and who he was and that sort of thing and i was like oh man you're hitting me really big in the fields with this so it was like that for the rest but the bonus was star lord slash chadwick boseman played such a tremendous character throughout the whole thing that you couldn't help but be in awe with him and just have fun like he he made the universe a better place. Every single person. I mean, he converted Thanos. I mean, <laughs> I died. I died with that. I, oh God, I have, I have so many thoughts. First of all, I love that they're doing what if. So I've been very open about the fact that I read and write fanfic. And this is my favorite type of fanfic to explore. The like, if one thing changes what happens if all these characters interact in this different context? What happens? So this is extremely up my alley. And then seeing all these people, it's like, okay, they don't tell you what happened. You know, they don't show you. They sort of inform you what happened to make this character different because of their interaction with T'Challa. But it's enough because you know this character because we associate that with the person that Chadwick was. It's very informed by that. When did you mess up, sir? 
Uh, for me, it was definitely right there at the beginning. Uh, my wife is insisting that, oh yeah, you could tell it wasn't Peter Quill, Star-Lord. The jacket is too different. And I'm like, no, it's a cartoon. I expect jackets to be different. Yes, it looks like a Black Panther-y Wakandan jacket. But once the voice comes out, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and to know it's actually him. It was actually Chadwick Boseman. That that was uh, yeah. something as well. Just another point. And, you know, I was stuck on the Thanos before, and you know your tattoo and everything there, Chris. He wanted to get Nebula and Thanos in therapy to discuss their relationship. I mean, like, of course he did. I mean, look at how wholesome that whole thing is. That was really wholesome, and of course, it's like because Thanos presumably didn't go he conquered nebula's planet we know that because she's there and because she's having the starts of her cybernetics but gamora's not there because thanos never conquered her planet it's one of those domino effect things the the butterfly effect it starts off real fast when you see korath and he's fanboying which gave me such shades of mark dacascos in john wick 2 where it's like, okay, we have to fight, but oh my God, I love you so much. I love your work. And as the thing goes, it's like, you know, the collector is more of a threat here than he ever was in anything that we've seen him in before because, okay, this is one of the things that I wanted to address. Among the stuff that we see him, he has presumably Korg's arm that he uses to punch with at one point. He has Captain America's shield. He has Mjolnir. He has Hela's helmet. So my theory on why those happened are because with... Okay, I actually lost my thread with that. I had a theory. Ask me on Twitter and I will remember. Okay. So, Chris, just to give Lauren some time here, the opening line... Let's go back to the opening lines because we talked about the pre-roll and everything. The Watcher is setting the scene for both episode one and episode two. It sounded similar to me. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing I was kind of looking forward to was what kind of different things would the Watcher say at the beginning? I figured the visual stuff would be largely the same just because of production time and costs and everything. But, you know, maybe at least alternate takes or something of the lines. I didn't realize the watcher talking was essentially going to be the what if opening credits. I thought they were just going to skip over that after watching the first episode. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that. At the end of the episode, though, he did have different lines. He came in and said, oh, yeah. you know, that's a different story. So the watcher is going to have some lines as we go. I think the narration is going to happen maybe more often in some of the other episodes. So in this case, it was just the beginning and the end. By the way, when you were at Moreg and probably on Earth when T'Challa was abducted, did you guys catch the name of the ship that was getting them? It wasn't what we know from Peter Quill. It was the name of the ship was Mandela. Oh, I love that. I love that so much, especially because Nelson Mandela in 1988, when we know that this T'Challa left Earth, Nelson Mandela in that, was he still in prison then? Ooh, good question. I don't know for sure, but right around then, right? So it's not the Alyssa Milano, it is Mandela. He was still in prison then. And I won't blame you guys for missing the name, by the way, because it was inverted. 
because you're looking away at the ship. So you're reading it upside down. I was also watching on my phone, very tiny screen. Yeah. So I'm not going to blame anybody for you. I actually paused it and I typed out the letters individually so that I could get the name correct. So you cheated. Well, I didn't cheat. I just it's not yeah. cheating. It's creative problem solving. I was writing show notes. I mean, that's that too. Interestingly enough, some things never change. Yondu still lied to Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said, I can't take you back because Wakanda's been destroyed. Obviously, Wakanda wasn't destroyed. And here's the thing, though. T'Challa doesn't, he's not mad at him. He's like, okay, well, I wanted to see the universe and you showed me the universe. He's mad at first, but it's that whole you lied to me thing. But then, of course, they, because we know that the Yondu of, of the MCU loved Peter Quill like a son, but was really not great at showing it. Here, he loves T'Challa like a son. And because T'Challa is that person who's going to change everyone he meets for the better, like case in point, he even, you know, when he talks to Killmonger at the end of the movie, it's not with animosity, it's with understanding. And that's really what we find out his superpower is, is he's, he's this character who was raised to be a king, to be a protector of the people. And while we've had other characters who were raised to be, you know, royalty, like Thor, Loki, the circumstances are different. With Wakanda, because, you know, it's this very isolationist community, because there's that pressure to, like, to care for your people, and because of, you know, presumably whatever parenting and raising, you know, mores and Values and stuff get instilled to him from not being in a European type culture that caused a different circumstance in how he relates to royalty and responsibility. You know, we never saw T'Challa, you know, not being ready to take his throne in the movies. He didn't want to do it that early because he wanted his dad to be alive, but he's someone who is ready and willing to help people in that way you know a real leader is somebody who helps others instead of just being like okay get me grapes or whatever loki was doing when he was odin and we find through that understanding and through that drive and because he's such a charismatic character slash person that he's able to argue thanos down from genocide and convince Yondu and his Ravagers to turn into Robin Hood. And he becomes this very, like, yeah, Robin Hood-esque figure. Robin Leach. <laughs> ah, yes. How could I forget? Now, Chris, I got to ask you a question before we get too far away from Yondu. How do you feel about Mary Poppins lying? That's an interesting one. It's just, I don't know. I don't even know if he's Mary Poppins in this what if universe, but I have to just think that, you know, he's Mary Poppins, y'all. There's an alternate universe where Yondu became a nanny for small British children. <laughs> the pacifier with Michael Rooker. <laughs> that, I would watch that. I would watch so much of that. I do have another thought, though, that j literally just came to me. I know we were thinking earlier that the ship was kind of detecting all the vibranium. But what if 
the ship was instead just detecting the wholesomeness of T'Challa. Well, that's what I was mentioning before. It's his own little superpower thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's my own canon, by the way. I think that the ship was just detecting, you know, he, he's the just ship so- detected heart. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. He's got heart. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I think we're both with you there. And the ship detecting him that way, it allowed them to pick up T'Challa versus Peter Quinn. And, you know, all Earth humans look the same. <laughs> two see holes, two hear holes, one mouth hole. <laughs> Sean Gunn. Love him. Love him. Yes. He's Craglin as a character has really, really grown on me, especially with, you know, rewatches of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And Sean Gunn just seems like a really fun dude in general. Yeah, and it's good to see him in this. This, this had the, the feeling of the funness that we had last episode, but it's also the funness of Guardians of the Galaxy. And you had all the fun in it, like Drax, right? Chris, it was great seeing Drax, and not just Drax, but like a full Drax that didn't have the horror behind him. You had Drax with his family. That was probably right? my favorite part there. I love that so much. Come get a picture with me. No, this picture is horrible. It's all your fault. Let's do it again. Yeah, I look fantastic. You look terrible. Yeah, we have that. We have a Nebula who's, I mean, yeah, she's still got some issues, but this is a Nebula who isn't like at least 50% cybernetic, who hasn't been systematically tortured by her own father, doesn't have the sister issues doesn't like her dad but they come to an understanding this is a nebula who's altruistic because she didn't have that beaten out of her this is a nebula who has single-handedly renamed black panther into cha-cha i loved the implication that they're together i will always ship mantis and nebula but i really liked the whole cha-cha and nebula being very much in the style of a femme fatale from a heist movie Especially with the hair. And this is all about heist. This is a heist. It is. And it is totally not a reprisal of Guardians. It's a heist, right? So I've seen a lot of people with this opinion. And much as I love Haley Atwell as Captain Carter, I kind of share this. The last episode suffered because it was pretty much beat for beat Captain America First Avenger. But it's all of that in a half hour, so it's very fast-paced, but at the same time, you're like, well, I kind of wish we had more time with this. With this, it's a completely new story. It's just the one plot thread of the heist, and then, of course, at the end, going back home. And it's so far removed from what we know that it's a lot easier to not compare it. That was the first thing that really popped into my head with this one. We got out of watching Captain Carter over at my house and okay, let me be real. We got out of watching it like the third time because I kept rewinding it to take notes. And that's when it finally hit me that I saw this. We saw this. This is everything that happened. It's just, let's swap a few characters around and see what happens. And me and Kaylee both just really love the fact that, yeah, this is obviously in that Guardians of the Galaxy vein with all the humor and the fun and everything. But it's a completely new story. So we're not sitting there, oh, I know what's going to happen now. You know, we get to go in there and wonder what's going on with their plan, if they're going to pull their plan off, even. And that fast pace 
With this one, it feels more natural because, hey, it's a quippy heist movie instead of we're going to cram a two hour movie into a half hour. And you have all the characters coming in to rescue the other characters. I think that was, that was pretty neat. I really loved that. I did enjoy the fact that Cha-Cha got his dog Cosmo on the way. I mean, the guy's got a dog now. I, I was so happy. Yeah, he's now rescued and everything. I, I love that. So that that's what my final thought is on the whole thing. Loved it. Cosmo just did it. I mean, that was guy and the dog. I have a puppy now. It's really my daughter's dog, but I have the puppy here. Yeah, I. I just recently got a dog too, and it's like it. I missed having a dog. I missed having a dog so much. So, Chris, final thoughts. Final thoughts are mostly that I hope that more of the episodes are like this, and just being so far away from what we know, like Lauren said, because I don't want to see just swap a few characters around. I want to see Marvel completely go off the rails with things. I will say that I don't have a favorite between the two. I think they were both pretty cool. And I, I think that last episode just cemented Steve and Peggy's relationship. I, I think maybe that was needed, especially after Endgame and, and all the thoughts going on after that. So I'll go with that one, especially since we're going to get more of that next season. But this one was fun, too. Oh, I mean, I love the other one, too. But I feel like. They can only probably get away with one, maybe two episodes where it's like that and so similar to what we already know. I don't know how much more you could because basically with the last one, Iron Man doesn't really happen, right? Because, well, I mean, you could have a different one if, but I mean, we've seen it already. So let's move on to the next thing sort of thing. Anyway, Lauren, last thoughts? Two. First of all, in regards to that, I feel like that was a deliberate choice on which episode to start with was the one that was the most similar because it's going to kind of ease people into, okay, so it's different. And now let's make it really different. The other thing, okay, maybe it's because I've been doing voice stuff for like the past month nonstop. So it's very heavy on my mind. The voice acting in this one, I think was better than the last one. The last one, much as I love Sebastian Stan, the man cannot voice act. And with regards to Neil McDonough, who played Dum Dum Dugan, he completely dropped the character accent. I was like, is this a different actor? I look it up. Nope, still him. He's just not doing the accent. And with this, a lot more of the cast have done work in voiceover and it shows. It's always a problem when you bring in Hollywood actors to do voice acting is the two skills don't necessarily translate. I can do voice acting. I can't control my face. I can't do in-person acting. But occasionally you have somebody who's really good at both. Like, you know, Robin Williams was fantastic with both. We had, you know, Seth Green. He's honestly, I recognize him more as a voice actor these days. Freddie Prince Jr. made the jump to being a voice actor and does a really good job at it. And I'm hoping that we'll see more, first of all, voice actors, because I love voice actors being given the shot, but also more of the actors that they bring in. Please let them be better at voice acting because Bucky last episode just drove me insane. Yeah, you couldn't get the Sebastian Stan face smolder. You couldn't. Yeah, that's why it was off of there. And for the record, I watched Wing Commander over the weekend, so I got me some Freddie Prince Jr. Okay, now go from that to playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, okay. Well, he plays the Iron Bull. It is fantastic. There you go. 
Chris, last chance, anything? Yeah, I'm good. We hit everything. I really loved it. So next week, we're going to be talking about what if episode three. I have no idea what episode three is. You Either you two have an inkling what episode three is going to contain. When I checked IMDb, there was a picture of Loki. So I don't know. <laughs> That's going to be interesting since basically his entire season was like a what if. All right. Well, we'll see. Is Sylvie going to be in there? That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I guess we'll see in a week. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out in a week. It'll be fun watching it. And we'll just go from there. In the meantime, we do have some news to cover and then some feedback. I'm going to start the news off today with a news article that was sent our way in our Discord server. It was a Deadline.com article Disney boss values flexibility with day and date release model Shang Chi's 45 day window an interesting experiment. The reason I wanted to bring this up, of course, is the 45 day experiment that they're going to do as well as go back to free guy because that was a big discussion that was going on in a discord server as well. This is all intertwined free guy came out last weekend and it was a theater release only in my opinion. It didn't do all that great pandemic. It did great. It did $28 million domestically, I believe. I can't remember what the worldwide number was, but there was a reason why they did not throw this on Disney Plus to get that $29.99. And I did not know this until I read this article. Maybe you guys did. I didn't. Is that they had a previous pay one agreement with HBO, so they could not put it on Disney Plus. They would have had to put it on HBO and and that would have been too much money, I guess, changing hands there between Disney and HBO. So they decided to only do a theatrical release with Free Guy. For what it is worth from everybody that I've seen that or heard from that went off to see it, it's a fun movie. Great. Ryan Reynolds. I mean, most of the movies that he's done, I've enjoyed, but that is why I didn't watch it because I don't want to go in the theater and they couldn't. So. Let's extrapolate that into the Shang-Chi and the 45-day experiment. We needed to cover this story because we are not going to cover Shang-Chi right when it comes out. We're going to wait the 45 days because not all of the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. hosts are comfortable going into the theater. I'll just leave it at that. So we're going to wait until it comes out. We will cover the movie, but it's not going to be on the release date. It's going to be a month and a half later. And because of this experiment, and I don't know if they're going to backtrack or not, because the COVID landscape is changing so much. There's much more information coming out. There's much more cases coming out. So it really kind of depends. Like if you're vaccinated and you wear a mask, maybe you're okay to go in the theater. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get political here. I don't want to get medical here, but it's going to impact when we cover this next movie. That's really why I wanted to say that. So any thoughts, Lauren, here? Okay. I am in favor of the simultaneous release that had been going on lately. You won't have the big box office draw. But first of all, I really, really value accessibility. If you watch it at home, you can pause it and move around. You know, people who are housebound have more of an opportunity to watch it. People like me who have audio issues, I I have great hearing, 
there's a little hiccup sometimes between what I hear and what was said. So I watch everything with captions because otherwise I miss things. And it's really hard to, like most theaters only have a handful of handheld captioning devices and that's even assuming they work. So something like this where I could watch at home, I really value. It'll be interesting to see how this one does compared to Black Widow, which also had the theatrical, but also the Disney release on Disney same day. And my biggest thought is that Hollywood needs to change how they do contracts and residuals. Hollywood has always been very bad about contracts and residuals. Just ask any person who does writing. Ask anyone who does stuff that's considered online content. In you know, in tandem with a studio, ask, ask voice actors and you find out exactly how outdated the um, residuals model is currently. So it needs to be renegotiated, needs to be reworked. I know everyone's like, oh, Scarlett Johansson is so mad because she's not making this many millions of dollars. It's like Disney needs to honor their contracts right now. Disney is also screwing over Star Wars artists, uh, Star Wars authors and artists, I think, from the previous The Legends era out of, um, again, residuals. So it's something that I think is worth looking into, and it's definitely something worth changing. And I know, like, for me, $30 to watch it at my house is way too much anyway. I'm kind of lucky in that we have a relatively cheap theater by my house that I go to. So us going to a movie, it's under 20 bucks for me and my wife. And part of that is because we go to the matinee show because, I don't know, it's less full or something. That's Kaylee's call. I'm not really sure what her reasoning is. But 30 bucks for just the two of us to watch a movie at our house just seems like a lot. Maybe if we had a few kids or something, then that might be worth it. I see use cases for both. I saw some messaging just over this weekend of people that were going out to the movie for the first time in a long time. They paid for a family of like six, so four kids, two adults. They paid like $60 in tickets and then another like $50 or $60 for popcorn and Cokes and whatever. They're like, how do people do this? How do people go to the movies with large families and have to shell out hundreds of dollars in order to do that? So with that, watching it at home makes it a little bit more affordable just for one showing. Now, imagine you watch it multiple times, like I do, for instance. So the $30 makes it better for me, plus I get to get up because I'm old and sitting for three or four hours gets to me and whatever. But I do enjoy the theater when people aren't talking or rustling with their candy or, or whatever. I do enjoy the theater experience. I just kind of enjoy it at home better. So it just depends on where you're coming from. And I, Chris, I get it. If it's just like the two of you, you go to a matinee, why not? It's fun, right? Yeah. You get out of the house and you get to do things. Plus there's a really good small Chinese place right next door. Oh, so nice. we go over there and we laugh at the people who are trying to get their food before the movie and try to rush through everything. Cause we go after we're smart. Yeah. It's the favorite food place next to the movie theater. That's great. Well, the good news is it's going to be a good movie because the early reactions are in. This is the next story that we're going through. And this is a ScreenRant.com article that came through. The world premiere was held Monday, August 16th. The cast, crew, celebrities came by and a lot of reviewers. So, Lauren, have you 
read through some of these reviews. I have. I am really, really, really looking forward to this movie. Shang-Chi is a character I don't really know all that much about, but I love the actors involved in this so much. It's some of my favorite actors. Simu Liu, if you've ever, if you've never seen him on Kim's Convenience, I can't recommend it enough. My Scott pointed out that he's also in The Expanse in season two. He's a, a Martian Marine. Oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. So it's, first of all, again, I'm in favor of representation. Talked about that ad nauseum in the past. I love that so many of these actors that I love are going to be in this big budget movie, which is, I mean, at the very least, it's introducing people who've never seen them before or who are only familiar with them typecast in certain roles. You know, they get to see what these people can do. And again, Simu Liu is amazing. Michelle Yeoh is in it, and she's one of my favorite actors ever. Aquafina, I know she's a kind of a controversial figure on account of appropriating black culture earlier in her career, but I still kind of really like her. <laughs> Chloe Zhao, of course, you know, who just won an Academy Award. There's not many women who've ever, you know, won the best director, and there's even less Asian women. I mean, I don't know if there's any Asian women who've won how many Asian women have won Academy Awards, but for directing especially first. So I'm glad that it's doing good. It's kind of a Black Panther situation for me again, where it's the people involved are of the community being represented. And uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love action movies. So like uh, martial arts movies in particular, like I love Wuxia. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) I know nothing about what's going to happen in this movie. And that's the way I want to keep it, because I'm going to be happy to see a Marvel thing where I have no idea what's going on. I put a lot of the reviews that were in the article in the show notes. They are spoiler free, so feel free to read through them. Not just talking to you, Chris, I'm talking to a listener. Feel free to read through them and get a sense of what the movie is going to be like, and you're not going to be spoiled on anything. It's fun to read through these reviews and then take a look at who was the actual reviewer for what you are looking at okay the next news story is we talked about scarlett johansson and a little bit about the legal issues with black widow well guess what just had a kid yeah colin jost actually came out on instagram and said quote okay okay we had a baby his name is cosmo we love him very much i choose to believe they named him after the dog yeah i'm choosing that too especially since cosmo was in this episode well you don't think they would go with the fairly odd parents reference there (laughs) oh god maybe i don't know yeah if you want a dark rabbit hole to go through look up the guy who created fairly odd parents and danny phantom it's yeah or don't or don't either way is a good choice for you okay (laughs) so we're gonna move on to the next news story which isn't a new story per se it's the trailer eternals final trailer came out i watched it chris did you watch it I did not. Um, that's not even me trying to stay away from them. The one I just haven't had time. Yeah. Lauren, did you see it? I did indeed. It was fun for me. I got a little bit more sense of what the movie is going to be like, and we'll just see from there. I, it's kind of an unknown, but it is tied very tightly to the MCU. I'm really dumb. Chloe Zhao is doing Eternals. I just second. Ah, uh, I'm smart. Yes, we are smart here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
which I almost called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. earlier in the podcast, by the way. Shang-Chi is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Okay. Corrected on the podcast. I like that. Uh, The last news story, which is actually a Twitter post that we'll cover, is from the Marvel Updates Twitter account. And I'm going to read this and then we're going to kind of try to keep comments brief, Lauren. But, quote, stunt coordinator Brett Chan talks about working on Iron Fist. Quote, everyone's fighting and the main actor didn't want to train. It's like, guys, give me something to work with here. That's why all the best sequences were with Jessica Henwick because she trained four hours a day, exclamation point on quote. Uh, first of all, I'm not surprised. Second of all, Lauren. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, well, this figures. This is why you can't only choose people for how much you think they look like a character. You have to choose them for a variety of reasons. And um, yeah, this wasn't it. This was not it. I know there's some rumors that they're bringing back some of the defenders to the MCU proper, which I'm in favor of. Nobody has mentioned bringing back Finn Jones. Yeah, Danny Rand. No. Yeah. It'd be great to get Jessica Henwick back, but yeah, I, I don't want Danny Rand back. Chris, what do you think? Um, have you seen the TikTok meme of the kid who tries out five minute crafts things and shows you how dumb they are? No. Okay. So basically they're like, you can make a spoon out of this thing and like super awkwardness. And he's just like, cool. It's already a spoon. Was it that hard? So I feel like that's the reaction to this. Like, really? Did they really have to announce that people didn't train? That uh, TikToker is Kabi Lame. Kabi Lame. And he's fantastic. For the record, I don't have a TikTok account, but neither do I. I see them all on Twitter. Uh, I was going to say you get links to the YouTube, the TikToks all the time so you can see the TikToks. So I have seen TikToks. I just don't have a TikTok account. My mom got me on TikTok. Uh, I hear it's a time sink because that algorithm works really well. Once it gets a hold of you, you just go down that path. Yeah, but there's so many cute animal videos. So Brett Chan basically confirmed what we had discussed at length for two seasons of Iron Fist. And then a little bit into where Danny Rand cameoed in. All right, so that's it for the news. We're going to move on into some feedback. Richard at Kodiak GWC said, great episode, not in relation to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., in relation to this what if episode of T'Challa. And then we had a tweet by Starsaber underscore 222 Black Adam to us here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he was at Megacon last weekend or attended. I actually don't know if he was in person or virtual. That kind of was a little bit nebulous to me. Anyway, he's a big Bobby Morris fan. and. She showed up with the t-shirt, ask me about my feminist agenda. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Chris, did you read those comics? I haven't read those yet. I've been swamped trying to read things for my show. Yeah. So this was a few years ago, like, I don't know, five years ago now. Something like. Yeah. And it was literally. Yeah. One of the better Marvel comics. It was a short run too. It was only like, I don't know. It's like 12 issues. It got canceled pretty quick yeah it was but it was fun it was it had you know socialist issues in it whatever but it was fun and uh yeah that was the big thing it was on the cover of one of the episodes was 
her in the t-shirt ask me about my feminist agenda and then she shows up at megacon uh, wearing the t-shirt so that's pretty i was just gonna say i like knowing that she's still attached to that character because i thought she was really good as bobby morse i don't know what she's gonna do because i've heard that her orville show is getting canned because mcfarland doesn't want to do it anymore because of the issues he's having with fox so i don't know what she's gonna do i don't know I also asked a question on our Twitter account. I basically asked if you were a Marvel superhero, what would you be? We had some replies at Mr. Paracletes replied with a GIF. I thought this was great. I was getting replies with GIFs. I got a GIF reply of Captain America as he's catching the, we'll just call it Meow Meow. He's catching Meow Meow and then coming back in the final fight in Endgame. So that was pretty cool. He not only did he say he wanted to be Captain America, but he did that gift, the iconic Captain America one. That was pretty cool. And then at Andy Migna replied <laughs> very appropriate to this episode, actually, with a meme or a gif of Howard the Duck. Yeah, so he's, you know, holding it's at the in the end credits of uh, volume two, volume one, volume one. Where he's sitting there with the thing and he's like, ugh, gross. Mm-hmm. Again, Seth, but uh, Chris, have you watched the movie Howard the Duck? I started it a long time ago and then my internet was going out because I was using the wireless at my parents' house and they didn't have it set up well. And so just because I don't like starting things, I need to go finish it because mm. I didn't even get far enough to get an opinion on it. <laughs> well, we covered it on a very early episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I bought a copy, uh, like a hard copy, and uh, let's just put it this way. I gave it away afterwards to a fan. Uh, let me put my end of this into a little bit of perspective, though. We got stuck watching one of the Twilight movies, I can't remember, on a bus on a European tour we were doing. And me and Kaylee went over to one of her friend's houses because we knew that she would have the movies because we were like 15, 20 minutes away from finishing it. And we went over there specifically because I wanted to finish the movie because I didn't like being like having started it and just not finishing it. Yeah. If you would like to watch Howard the Duck, it's streaming on Peacock TV right now for free. Good to know. Yeah. Glad I'm not going to do that. Okay. So I want to thank everybody that has responded to us on Twitter and especially with those two gifts. I thought that was really great. And for now, it's. Now, if you've watched all the way to the end of the What If episode, we're just going to have to now mop up the Dairy Queen and get on out of here. This might seem a little bit old, but I'm going to, because we're going to do it for the next eight episodes at least, I'm going to say a big thank you to Chris for coming on, filling Michelle's seat. For the meantime, thank you very much, Chris. It was awesome having you on and your viewpoints, which are vastly different from mine. So I I really enjoy it. It's always fun to be on a show with somebody who doesn't think the exact same way as you. And I'm glad to keep the chair warm for Michelle while she's out. And just to be clear, it's not the actual same chair. It's just metaphorical. You don't know that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. So thank you very much. And once again, where can people find you? You can find me over at Play Comics, where most of the time I am talking to people about a video game based on a comic property and how well it represents that source material. 
but I also have a pretty good number of bonus episodes where I'm just talking to creators about their cool stuff. And here's something I've only told, I think, two people in the entire world, but I'm going to go ahead and say it here. I am right now talking to the person who is pretty high up the chain on the comics branch of Kickstarter to see if I can get her on the show just to talk about people doing comics on Kickstarter and stuff. That's pretty cool. No promises it'll happen. We got to get the schedule thing all worked out, but it's a conversation that's happening. All right. Well, good luck there. I would like to thank both of you for being here. My schedule's been weird lately. And I would like to thank our listeners who have been sending us tweets. We really, really love hearing from you. Please tell us how you're liking What If so far, or send us more gifts. I always love more gifts. And for the record, Michelle will be coming back just in a few weeks. She's still on sabbatical, but she does plan on coming back, so she hasn't left the show. But until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Consultant Chris. We'll see everybody next time as we discuss What If Episode 3. Bye. Bye-bye. Are you actually going to kick her when you interview her, Chris? I've been thinking about it. I don't know yet. If they didn't want you to start kicking, they wouldn't call it Kickstarter. It's a very good point. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Howdy, Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Pretty good. Good to hear. Color coordinating today. Yeah. I mean, I have the cameras in your house, so I saw what you were wearing. I thought, why not wear the same thing? You did a good job hiding them. I didn't even notice. See the cameras you already have. Oh, no. Cameras on your cell phone. Cameras on your computer. Cameras on your... I just won't tell you where the other ones are. Um, so, I'm guessing now the rocket scientist thing is just a cover. I am a spook and a spy, that's for sure. That's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, you deserve the truth. Did you have a good week? I did. How about you? It's all right. Kind of got a little bit hurt. It's not a groin injury. It's like a lower stomach injury, so I'm worried about a hernia. Oh, that sucks. And just kind of backed way off. It's not... Really, I mean, it's not debilitating or anything, but it's just like there, like even when I get out of bed and anything to do with my left leg, just, uh, just good that the marathon that I was trained for closed up shop and they're virtual only this year, which means I could participate virtually or I could defer to next year. So I don't know if I defer to next year, it just means I'm saving money. I can't even imagine trying to do a marathon virtually. 
Well, let me clarify. It's not a full marathon. I'm running a half marathon. That's still bad. Yeah. Well, I've been running 13 miles every Saturday for at least a month, if not a month and a half. And I've been training really since April of last year, April of 2020. And I was coming back from an injury then. So my training consisted of like walking a mile. That's where I started from. I need to get back into that kind of thing. I did track and cross country in high school. And oh, yeah? then when I got to college, I just stopped. So you, if you did cross country, you've got all the basics you need in order to ramp up to a half marathon in a couple of years. I don't advocate going from zero to marathon in a year. It's two or three years to get to the half marathon because you got to do five K's. You got to do 10 K's yeah. just to, you know, get in the groove and, and then work up to the 10 milers and then the 13 mile, but you could do it. It's time right now. Well, you're supposed to work out like an hour, mm-hmm. three to five times a week anyway. So I don't know. I come in here and edit podcasts. Yeah. So. Lauren has entered into the green room. We'll just call mm-hmm. it that. It's not really a green room. And I, I'm just wondering, do you want to let her in? I'm good either way. You're good either way. Yeah. So you're just throwing it back on me. And it's I'm, up to me. Honestly, now. I've kind of been preparing the whole day for just us. Yeah. Because then it's happy bonus time if she's here and not having to worry about anything if she's not. Okay. Well, then let's have happy bonus time. Let's do it. And he, she just left. <laughs> oh, no, she's there. I was just trying to f*** with y'all. Hi. Hi, your audio is very stuttery and, and uh, like this. So I'm not sure what that's from. Welcome back, Lauren. Hey. Nice to, to see you. Back. I mean, not only welcome back to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., but welcome back to mm. your studio. It has been a week. <laughs> I mean, when you said you were on a bus, I was like, really? Wow. Yeah, my car's busted. So, um, was it fun doing the voiceover in the studio? Yes. It was a short session, but oh. was it just you? Were you solo? Yeah. It was for, they had like contactless recording. Okay. Well, congrats on whatever it was. Yeah. I, I can't wait to be able to share it. It shouldn't be too long. Okay. Now, when you get to the minor characters in this particular episode, there's a bunch of additional voices or multiple voices. Yeah, those are just, that's basically just Walla. Like, it's nice to know it's there, but yeah, you can skip those. Right. There are some interesting ones. Oh, no, there's some really interesting voices. Deborah Wilson, Matthew Wood. Fred Tasca scores. Okay, Fred Tadisior. This guy, I I wanted to talk about his voiceover. (laughs) Yeah, he's got 826 voice acting credits, and there's a lot of video games in there, but 826, that's the longest acting IMDb I've ever seen. The guy's a legend. He's really, really good, and if you play Overwatch, he's Soldier 76, which is exactly what he sounds like here. And again, I'm sorry for my voice. I I was thinking yesterday, okay, okay, I'm not going to overdo it like I did last time. And then Sammy Guevara proposed to his girlfriend on stage, and I just started screaming. So, okay. Yeah, it's a very good wrestling show. 
there is a gnat in here with me. Do you want to get it? No. All right. For the record, I have gnats in my studio from time to time, and it takes everything I have not to follow them with my eye or reach out and try to get them. So, happens to me. Well, they do have the little uh, blurby summary for episode three. Oh, yeah? On What If Now. So, what is it? They do. Um, it is What If Loki presented himself to the government of Earth as king of Asgard using all of his diplomacy? <laughs> oh, boy. That sounds like it's going to be fun. Oh, how different that <clears throat> is from like what he really tried to do. Well, I guess he just. He was always veering into death and destruction. <laughs> All right. But they have He's basically end up running nobody the place before. <laughs> for credits right now. Yeah, no, they won't do that until the day it comes out. I don't know why Disney's doing this, by the way. Disney slash Marvel. They don't until the, none of this stuff comes out until Wednesday when the episode drops and the credits are available for everybody to see. That's when they populate IMDb. And I'm just scratching my head. Why? I don't understand. Are they trying to keep things from being leaked so people are like, oh, I don't want to watch that or something like that? I don't know. I mean, they, it's not like they've had characters that you weren't expecting really to come in here. Actually, now that I say that, the only spoiler thing I saw for this entire episode was, oh man, of course T'Challa would be able to keep Thanos from snapping the universe. I love so that. I'm so, so happy much. that <laughs> came out really early in the episode. Captain Genocide. <laughs> new guy it's correct yeah they're like trying to create the diversion so thanos basically gives him the line don't say it to me again he's like captain genocide knowing he's gonna get thrown across <laughs> the room or whatever <laughs> yes thanos does not go easy no matter what and then you know when he got mad and he started fighting you're like of course he's gonna take because thanos is in the movies, he's the biggest guy in the room. He takes on all the Avengers and he wins, right? So, of course, he's going to win this battle. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to go against him. Josh Brolin? I'll go against. <laughs> Thanos? I'm not going against. Well, they do have the little uh, blurby summary for episode three. Oh, yeah? On what if now. So, what is it? They do. Um, it is what if Loki presented himself to the government of Earth? As king of Asgard, using all of his diplomacy. <laughs> oh boy, that sounds like it's going to be fun. Oh, how different that <clears throat> is from like what he really tried to do. Well, I guess he just he was always veering into death and destruction. <laughs> all right, but they have. He's going to end up running the place before <laughs> for credits right now. Yeah, no, they won't do that until the day it comes out. I don't know why Disney's doing this, by the way. Disney slash Marvel. They don't until the, none of this stuff comes out until Wednesday when the episode drops and the credits are available for everybody to see. That's when they populate IMDb. And I'm just scratching my head. Why? I don't understand. Are they trying to keep things from being leaked? So people are like, oh, I don't want to watch that or something like that. I don't know. I mean, they, it's not like they've had characters that you weren't expecting really to come in here. Actually. Now that I say that, the only spoiler thing I saw for this entire episode was, oh man, of course T'Challa would be able to keep Thanos from snapping the universe. I love so that. I'm so, so happy much. that <laughs> came out really early in the episode. Captain Genocide. <laughs> New guy. 
correct. Yeah, they're, they're like trying to create the diversion. So Thanos basically gives them the line, don't say it to me again. He's like, Captain Genocide, knowing he's going to get thrown <laughs> across the room or whatever. <laughs> As Thanos does not go easy no matter what. And then, you know, when he got mad and he started fighting, you're like, of course he's going to take Because Thanos is in the movies, he's the biggest guy in the room. He takes on all the Avengers and he wins, right? So of course he's going to win this battle. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to go against him. Josh Brolin, I'll go against. <laughs> Thanos, I'm not going against. When did you get that tattoo? Um, a few years ago now. Was it based on the comics or the movie? Uh, no, it was just the book. Okay. I need to reread the book. Eventually, I'm going to go get the next few lines on, but kind of need AMC to do its thing so I can have money to actually yeah. do it. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to get going. It was a great episode. really was. It was a lot of fun. I look forward to next week, and um, I'll let you know when the episode drops so you guys can promote it at will. Maybe all next right, week I won't talk for a billion years because I have got it all out this episode. When, when does that ever happen? <laughs> I mean, seriously, Lauren. <laughs> Fair point. Did you remember when you were on my show and I just shut up for half an hour? <sighs> yeah, I did do that, didn't I? I ask people on the show who I know will do that because... Those are actually ones where people tell me, yeah, Chris, we know you don't know a lot about this, but you got somebody who did. So that was good that you let him talk. <laughs> yeah, it's it, Lauren. It's not a secret. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's it's well known in the podcast production circles. If you want somebody on your show that's going to talk, you get Lauren on there. I can do that. I can indeed do that. Speaking of two things that I can talk for ages about. I don't remember if I mentioned, but I volunteered to run and moderate a panel on an online con in January about wrestling and comics and the intersection thereof. Have you seen the um, play? I can't, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, Planet WrestleTopia comics. No, Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. Yes, that one. Okay. Ooh. I am going to have to check this out. This looks right up my alley. <laughs> so I had them on my show. So nice, 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 nice. I'm going to listen to that episode. <laughs> like right away. I will away. send you a link. Thank you. Oh, that rules. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.